All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos, 877-37-GRIND is your number to participate. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. All right, so we're keeping it moving. Um, but yes, just to kind of wrap up our conversation, um, for one, I don't think the officials are doing that horrible of a job. I mean, there's some questionable dudes. I, I don't. I mean, that's your opinion. I mean, I know sometimes we can look, but at the end of the day, it's a fast-paced game. Um, they pick up with a lot of different rules, and there's cameras that are everywhere. Because to me, that's the problem I've been preaching for years. There's just too many cameras in arenas and stadiums. But, of course, we we like our high def. We want the angles. We want the replay. And officiating is not – you know, real life officials are not having that time to sit there and respond uh, to say, oh, OK, I'm sorry to look at like see one of the things I appreciate, too, is the fact that what they've started doing now is like on obvious replay, like obvious mistakes. Instead of taking time to go over there and look and whatever, they're just getting a cue from like, hey, man, that's the wrong. Just keep it going. Oh, well, sometimes. I mean, you still have the egregious, the guy steps out with his foot two yards away from the from the sideline, and we don't let the play finish. We still have ridiculous, uh, you know, did he really put all of his weight down? And, and you go to the you go to the analyst box, and they're saying, look, I, I, I don't think that he really intentionally put all of his weight down on him or anything like that. He, he was completing the play. But I think that before we label that bad officiating, that's just the difficulties of officiating because they're trying to make the game safer. So when we that goes back to when we but talk it's at about discretion. Sometimes they call the flag. Sometimes they don't call the flag. They, they, if you're gonna if they're gonna be able to review it instantaneous, like you're saying that they're starting to do, why why does it feel like it's so arbitrary? Like sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't. This situation um, they do it. This situation they don't. There's there's some of five zero and cops that's gonna let you go ten miles an hour over the speed limit without pulling your ass over. And there's and some a, of them that gonna pull you over if you go four miles over the speed limit. And it's a problem, limit. but you need consistency in the NFL. From a, I mean, again, sports gambling is growing across the world. You're gonna, there, this is gonna be, it's already an issue in certain places. Of you go back to the go back to the NBA. A lot of it, why maybe why we don't complain so much about the NBA is because sometimes we just understand that those guys do have beefs. We go back, go back to the down. We we understand it. We we get it. We under that that comes with that sport. But this is the NFL. The biggest sport in, in North America and trying to conquer the world in Madrid and Brazil and everywhere else. And I think it's difficult to referee, it's, Jonas. I mean, like, there's no there's, there's no player on the Cleveland Browns that's going to go 1,000% from the field. That's never going to make a mistake. That's not going to miss a block. That's, that's not going to be there. The, the There's no basketball player that's going to shoot 1,000% from the free throw line. I do not want the human element taken out of it. And that's the reason why I've pushed back so far on baseball that's been experimenting in the minors with home plate computer umpires. Okay, just we're going to get rid of the, I mean, we started. And that's why technology in itself is the death of humans. We're at, like, it's the gift and the curse. Like, we've, we, we started off with pitch track. So we get to sit, so you watching baseball and we get to, whether it's Octubre or it's regular 162, and you get to sit back and, and you we get to say, oh, damn, he blew that. He missed the call. But now all of a sudden, they basically sit there 
And you had to have an imagine. You had to play the game to have an imaginary strike zone, or either going to umpire school to see what the level chest is here. That strike zone. Now we eventually had the technology that sits there and shows you tracking in where they go, so we can be more critical of umpires, which that gives the fan experience and lets you know this. So when you go to the NFL. I'm to the point where I'm just saying, like, look, there's going to be missed calls. That's a part of sports. That's the, to be honest with you, that's the part of the gig that some of us like. I mean, do I want to cost a team? Yeah, I mean, it's the I don't know that the, there's it, a single fan out there of football that man, likes when a call gets missed. I'm talking you'll about. Like, you'll, you'll say, thank goodness the officials missed that one because it was going to go against my no, team. It's but a there's human, nobody out there happy that a call doesn't get it's, done. It's the human nature, man. That's Maybe I didn't articulate that correct. Maybe that didn't come out sounding right. But I'm just telling you that there's the human element of human officials. There's a call. I mean, there's a reason why eventually the NFL adopted instant replay, and a lot of people don't remember, but they went away from it for three years because they couldn't get it right, and the technology and the system wasn't right. Then years later, they adopted again, and it's been here ever since. But they've added on, which is fine. But I think in regards to us just to blatantly call these officials doing a bad job because we get to sit at home and watch the red zone and we're watching TV and we've got it on multi-box and they show us four or five different angles as they're going back to the lead official. Hey, well, what do you have in this one? You know, well, you know, the rules and they're going back to New York. These officials are in real time, man. I go, baby, I, I can go to fast food restaurants and look at waiters that can't happen, that can't handle crap in real time, let alone being out there where there's millions of eyes and everything. And it's like, we don't expect them to go like, it's this, you know, when we talk about, let's go back to that Kansas City and Minnesota game. When you talk about with the Chiefs, um, when I talk about a obvious Helmet removed from on the field should be a 15-yard penalty. It should have cost Kansas City that possession. But when I have a ref say in the middle of say, hey, man, put your helmet back on. No, man, that's supposed to be a flag. Those are the ones that like, okay, those are obvious that we got to fix. The whole adage has been you can call a holding penalty on every damn play in the NFL. But do you want to stop the game so much? There's holding on every possession just because of the way big man block. What I'm saying is, is that there's the obvious ones that we got to correct. You know, when we talk about just like when I go back to the Saints versus Rams NFC Championship game, an obvious Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles could see that was passed over. That's egregious. If we're talking about a guy that basically, you know, it's the last possession of the game and, you know, Buffalo is in the in the defending their red zone and, and Tyrod Taylor's running around and he throws a pass and there's almost you could call screen garden, but it's bang, bang. And all of a sudden that call doesn't get called. Hey, it sucks, but it's part of the element. It just depends. Some crews, some crews might not, might have not missed that. There's some crews that have a tendency to call more holding penalties than other ones. It's human nature. Not everybody does their job the same. A holding call in the end zone, in my opinion, is still a scoring play. It's a scoring play that didn't score. Right. All right, but it's in the end zone. That should have been reviewed. Okay? That's, that should have been under review. If you're, if we're gonna have, is it a challenge? Is it a reviewable play though? See, that's what we within, gotta find it's within out. Within two minutes, you're not allowed to challenge, right? Um, so it's at the discretion. I'm saying it, it's a scoring play, right? So it should be. I don't think it is. I don't no, think. I don't because, think it is I don't, because again, it's not a scoring play. Right. In my opinion, I'm saying it is mm. a scoring play. Mm. Uh, so it, it was a play in the end zone that didn't equate to points, but could have equated to points. We have to go about, you know, you have to wait for the, the the coach to throw a challenge flag on whether a guy got two feet in bounds or not. But there's there's so much more that we can have the instant review, 
that you were talking about that you were praising a moment ago. Yeah. There's there's so much more that we can have that implemented in real time because the, the what's upsetting fans is the blatant. It's the blatant that doesn't get called or the blatant that is called that this was this was a horse collar tackle. This wasn't we know what a horse collar tackle is in twenty twenty three. But it's at the discretion as to when they want to call it. The ultimate review should be that instant review. That's that the same people that can pull a guy for looking like he's walking woozy should be able to say no. That was a horse collar tackle. Back it up. Yeah, but I don't. I, I when if we just stick it to that particular horse collar, I don't see horse collars missed that often. Horse collars are blatant. I don't see it missed it, that it, often. It's at discretion. We saw two. Uh, I, I know at least one or two that were missed this weekend. But my question then was in the last segment was are we over officiating football? I think because, because we do have to go to the instant replay because that, that wasn't it, it's a part of the game that again it's used here it's not used here are we just over officiating football? Is Tom Brady to a point? Do, are there too many penalties out there to be had? You can understand leading with the helmet. You can understand again throwing your full weight on a, but hitting a quarterback late. We can get hitting a quarterback late. We can get teeing off on a I, kick returner. These things are understandable that you could have called back in 1955 without instant replay. But I don't think that the right word is over officiating. I think it's overly trying to make the rule in the game safer. That's what people like Tom has to understand. The old guy uh, in, in the rocking chair has to understand. It's not the fact that we're over officiating. It's the fact that we over have wanted to make the game safer. Okay? Look, it was all hell Hence broke loose. Football. All hell broke loose when the NFL, two things. NFL got exposed for how much money they were generating a year. This is right before the last lockout that we had, mini lockout we had. How much money that the owners were really making yearly, that got exposed. And also the fact of that the, the evidence along with a Will Smith blockbuster movie came out and proved to show that the NFL covered up in the 70s and the 80s their know-how and their knowledge of the severity of concussions and didn't really start taking it seriously until probably the two the mid-2000s, early 2000s. So when you mix all that in and there's vitriol coming in, oh, on top of that, the players that came played in the 60s and the 70s, they don't really get paid health benefits. So when you get all this coming in and you just get killed and killed about, oh, the NFL knew they don't care about their guys, and then we start talking CTE, it's over. It's the NFL under pressure to try to make the game safer. It's not over-officiating. It's over-making the game, trying to make rules up or take rules out to make the game safe when this is a violent sport. Oh, by the way, the discussion of should we have younger kids, are younger kids going to want to grow up and play this game? Are we finding a youth at, that don't want to, parents that don't want to play this game? Because they went through all that. And this is what you get. And if we get to the point to where if you want them to be able to say, okay, well, that's not a reviewable play. I mean, excuse me, it's not a scoring play, but technically it's a scoring play because he could have scored if you call pass interference. If we get into that business where we want somebody to buzz down and we want to challenge that or we want to review everything, then we become Saturdays. 
that everybody has bitched and complained about the pace of well, first of all, baseball, the play of the play oh, is just slow. We got to do something. Pitch count, everything. Saturday, no one pays attention that college football games can take damn near four hours, three and a half hours, like their Boston versus New York Yankee games, because it's college football. But it also what it but college heard the number rumblings, because what do they do? Oh, they've taken out the rule like we're gonna keep the clock going. We're only going to stop on first downs is when you get into two minutes. So my point is, is that if you want to make NFL and that play, because technically it's not a scoring play, whatever, it's going to be the same thing that all of a sudden the games drag on. We've got challenges and then people going to complain about that. <laughs> That's the reason why it's like, no, it's a violent game. Nobody puts a gun up to anybody's head at any level, middle school, high school, college of the pros to play it. And no, not every man is made to cut out to play NFL or football. That, that, that doesn't make you less of a man. I mean, hell, I played in middle school, but I've, I regret not playing in high school because I didn't want to do two-a-days. If I would have known whatever, but was I was I born naturally to be a football prop? Maybe not. And most guys aren't. It's, it's a, especially when you grow, when you go from different levels. When you get to the NFL, you got to be off, man. You gotta, there's got to be something about you to play on Sundays. That's the reason why you have so many guys that have problems, whether it's mentally or whatever, because that your body's not made to take that punishment for eight to nine, ten years. And that's why the shelf life is is short. Jonas just let me know about the update on Chandler Jones. I didn't have it on the docket. I haven't really talked Chandler Jones, but I know we've been going through it. I mean, I know the brother. I don't know how many restraining orders you can get from your significant other, but suppose he got arrested again. Breaking a restraining order, showing up naked in his, his ex's backyard, burning stuff. That brother's got problems. He's got he's and I'm not even trying to be funny. He's got mental problems. And I guarantee you that you can stem back from the football mentality. And it's not so much. of Well, he's got CTE. He's got that. No, it's just you got a violent mentality. I like I've got a different way of viewing life because of things I've gone through or things or things I've experienced for 20 years in the industry doing this. I've got, I look at things different. That's not going to be the same case for somebody that just wants to tune in and watch the game and have a couple of brewskis and just relax after nine to five. They're not going to sit there and be intense to watch a game or break down a game or absorb sports the way I do. The bottom line is, man, lay off the stripes a little bit. They ain't perfect. And, you know, and, and, and like, again, you know, I'm always educating in regards to the sports handicap world, the gambling capital world. But if we're going to emphasize on everything because everything's got to be perfect for that, I kind of disagree with that because at the end of the day, it's gambling. It comes with the territory. That's why there's things called bad beats. And there's and when you have bad beats, it's, it's a good beat for somebody else. So when you have a call there, they're like, damn, well, you know, sometimes there's the other half that's benefited. From, that's just that's the imperfections of life. Okay. You know, I know we've gotten a place in society where you can damn near choose your gender. You can choose what kind of child you want to have come out the womb. You know, you know, we're getting to a point where I understand we want to control perfection of what we want to do. You know, with, you know, butt implants, the women, it was an explosion, billion dollars. You know, it, I, I want to ask like that. Women just getting infected with, you know, cheap butt plants, cheats falling out, oozing out. But it's obviously for it's perfection because that IG model, my man looks at that. We are living in a time where there ain't nothing perfect. Why should refs be? But I don't mean that I want egregious calls missed. 
Somebody just gets clothesline and just make a no. Like that Minnesota game, helmets off. I don't need a rep saying, hey, man, put your helmet back on. And he, no, flag them. That's what feeds conspiracy guy about the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. They're out there. Even more now that I've always said because of the influx of what Jonas is saying, sports gambling. 877-37-GRIND. The Denver Broncos faced the Green Bay Packers this Sunday. Uh, this is the day that everybody gets, again, their game plan, what it's going to be. Haven't had a chance to listen to any of the players of the media. However, I am going to be interested with this particular group, uh, especially the guys that are being named in trade rumors. I am going to be interested how they handle themselves with trade questions. So I'm going to be interested how that goes and takes place for the next 24 to 48 hours. But Russell Wilson's contract I've talked about dates on his particular contract, especially a date looming in April um, where, you know, if you if he's on the roster, all of a sudden his 2025 becomes guaranteed. There's some decisions that have to be made, but there's some decisions I believe that Denver is in a similar situation that the Raiders were in with Derek Carr last year. 877. 3-7 grind. We'll talk about that when we get back. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosekis. Get a dose. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark produced and spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix, made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind Looking down on the ops, took her for a test drive, left him on the lot. Time is money, so I spent it on a watch. Hold on, little bitty showing through the white teeth. All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing spinning the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dosekis. Get a dose. We have been broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Specs. 
all right, keep in mind, uh, excuse me, Zing Zang, we aren't at Specs, but you can get Zing Zang at Specs. Uh, it's Zing Zang. And also, don't forget, they have uh, ready to drink. They come in all different flavors. Make sure you try that out. Also, I know we're changing seasons, but they still have their Blazing Bloody Mary mix as well also. But whatever you do, also, never forget to Zing Zang responsibly. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Crown. What do you got? Yeah, I'm about ready to switch over from the uh, margaritas to the whiskey sour. Ready to drink cans? Oh, okay. Yeah, they're sour mix. Yeah, you like those. On point. You like those a lot. Especially on your Browns Victory Sundays. Victory okay. Monday. Victory Monday. I celebrate Sunday and Monday. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a while before I celebrate too many victories uh, in the team that I have personal interest in. Speaking of that team in Colorado. Saving $37 million would be uh, one victory. Saving $37 million. Uh, you that, about? The contract situation. Look, man, there's some options, which we were kind of nice segue here, um, in regards to Russell Wilson and the options to pull the – rip the Band-Aid off and move forward and move from, I should say, without Russ. It's going to come at a cost, man. I mean, that, that I think that's what – you know, some different fans that – you know, I'm all – look at all the feeds you know all them following part of all the denver feeds and of course know a couple people in the media and listen to a few people that i've got respect for in the media in that region um you know it's you know at least there's some media that knows the reality um but there's some fans that think that it's just like okay we're just going to make a decision that hey it didn't work out and we're moving on from russ no there's repercussions from this I mean, there's going to be – it's going to be one of the largest if, – if they decide, which I still feel like the decision hasn't been made because I think the Pinner Group and Sean really want to explore all options of how they can maybe be competitive and get the quarterback of the future but maybe bring Russ back at some capacity in 2025. Um, it might not work out that way or they might not figure out a way, so it might just have to be like, hey, we've got to part ways. If they do that, and I don't think the decision's been made either way, that's one of the biggest dead cap. That's going to be the biggest dead cap hit in probably NFL history. Now, you can get smart and finagle, you know, some signing bonus with other. I mean, the only bright spot, if they do that, make no mistake about it, they will be going forward from probably day one, depending on what they're going to do with Stidman. But they will be going on day one off of a cheap rookie quarterback salary because you're going to have to in regards to those years of getting over that dead cap and really your limitations. But the one thing I wanted to talk about with Russ is that, you know, if they lose against the Green Bay Packers and they go to one and six on the season, the reality of it is I believe they're almost in the same similar situation that the Raiders were in with Derek Carr last year. Remember when Josh McDaniels and the ownership and Mark Davis, when they decided like, look, we want to go a different direction than Derek Carr. He wasn't Josh McDaniels' draft pick. He had been there for a while. Josh had no tie. He wanted to make a play for Jimmy, and he wanted to try to figure out what he could do with Jimmy and then possibly set himself up with maybe going in the draft and getting a quarterback. Or you see the young man that they got from Michigan State, which has been promising. The reason why I say it's similar, because remember they made a decision at that time when they knew that Derek Carr wasn't in their future plans. They removed him and recorded a DNP like the last two weeks of the season 
because they couldn't afford him getting hurt because of the language in his contract. Russell has some of the same language in his contract in regards to what would kick in for 2025, 2024, if he would suffer an injury and all this. So the point is, even though the performance has been better, but the reality of it is, is that you're going to go to one and six or when that time comes that you are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs at the latest, there's going to have to be some discussions made because of the language in his contract. If you got to sit down Russ for the rest of the season and then pretty much go ahead and roll with Stidman and get ready for April. That is something that I think that a loss against Green Bay up against the trade deadline, those conversations, which they've probably been going on in there behind closed doors about Russ's performance, especially at the first quarter of the year between Sean and the Pinner group and George is just sitting there taking notes. Uh, no disrespect to George, but that's what's going on. And he's just probably letting his family know. And I'm not trying to be funny, but like uh, might be living somewhere else next year because it's just a cutthroat. It's a performance-based business. So I believe that those talks are going to have to get escalated. Very quick, because the worst thing you want to do is know that you're moving on from Russ, and then all of a sudden he has a major injury in the last half of the season where you're not going anywhere anyway. Because what shot, due to the fact there's not been one trade, look at this, a team that gave up 70 points, a team that is the historically one of the worst defenses of all time. There's been no moves made for the exceptions of releasing or trading for Frank, uh, releasing and trading Frank Clark, and then basically Randy Gregory. The, the, the juicy moves, none of them has happened. And you know what that tells me? is That tells me that Sean Payton is really, really trying to get every juice out of this lemon of a lineup that he can before he has to make these decisions. Because once you make these decisions, there's no coming back from them. And that's the only thing that makes sense is why this team is a one-in-five football team. A one-point underdog at home, which I can't remember the last time that I've seen the Denver Broncos start a season 0-3 at home. I will admit, that's something that I'm not accustomed to seeing since I've been paying attention to this franchise since 1983. That's very disturbing, but that's the reality of who this team is. So when you mix all that together you would think there would already be guys being moved. Now, you just don't want to give these guys away. But I just feel going back before we move on is that that Russ situation, if they lose, it's not so much like, hey, man, you just stunk it up. I've tried with you. I'm going with Stedman. Cause it, that, that's going to be the story, and that'll be the news. But the reality of it is it's going to be a business decision, too, to protect the printer, printer group and not make this situation from being bad going to worse. What do you got? I feel like there's a space to where you it doesn't have to be so negative and benching Russ. Yes, the financial impact again to where uh, it would cause you you would have an extra thirty seven million guaranteed to him next year if he can't pass a physical in March, and so you cut him, and that's an extra thirty seven million dollars for the Denver Broncos that they have to pay uh, his salary. But the other side of this too is if you can't go get Rex Ryan now. By all reports, it's the you know it Schefter shot it down, but 
you even you feel like Rex Ryan could do a better job. He was, was Sean Payton's one of it in the running for the job before the season. So if you can't go get him now, you can go get him after the season. Even if your intentions are to move forward with Russell Wilson, an injury down the rest of the stretch could put 2024 into jeopardy. Financial part aside, because you feel like okay, we've got some we got some movement on offense. We can play a first half. We can't put together four full quarter four full quarters yet, but we can play a half of football. When I scripted it, when I was speaking to Sean Payton, when I script this out, okay, so give me some time with Russ during the season, so I can kind of, so I can run other stuff with Stidham on the field and say, Russ, what do you think about that? Okay, get some input from him during the season, calling plays, let him keep the headset on. But there, it's really about building towards 2024 when you can address the elephant in the room that is the defense, and then you know. Why your team, then you can really look at it, your team and say, why we're losing games? Yeah, it's the quarterback in 2024. You can determine whether that's really it. Because I think he's signed through, what, 2026? Um, yeah, it's, it's a lengthy one. I mean, each year that goes past, um, you know, it, this is the thing. After 2024, it'll be less of a fall to get out of. Um, each time he gets on past April, it kicks in kickers, though, in that contract that makes it more lucrative. The bottom line is, if you're going to move on from Russ, the time is this offseason. And I, I understand the way you put it out there, but it is not going to be perceived that way. And Russ and his team ain't going to take it that way. The day that he's benched, a healthy scratch bench for Stidman, the, I believe, without injury, the Russell Wilson experiment is over. I he mean, can it's feel just, however uh, he wants to yeah. about it. He's guaranteed money, no, and he's still no, under contract. I'm, I'm talking unless about, he's going to give some of that money back to Denver no, to, to be able to go have an opportunity. I'm talking about. Call. I'm talking about the decision from Sean Payton in this group. The day they make a decision, whether it's to save him from not getting an injury, and now we're stuck with them, or it's a situation, whatever case may be, the day they put Stidman on the field. In my opinion, I believe that's the day that the Russ situation is pretty much chapter is over. Why does that have to be the point of no return? Why can't it be about building towards next year? I mean, because look at it. We can see how the rest of the season plays out. Caleb Williams isn't a a guarantee uh, to to land to the Broncos. Drake May is not a guarantee to land to the Broncos. Uh, We'll definitely see what Chicago is going to do. We'll see how Arizona finishes out. Kyler Murray coming back, uh, you know, being uh, going returning to practice now. Um, we'll see what they want to do, but it's not a guarantee that the, that the Broncos are going to be able to land one of these top quarterbacks next year. No, so, but go ahead. so if you were to land one, then yes, a healthy Russ is easier to cut because it's thirty-seven million dollars cheaper. So you can go ahead and release him next year. The A and M thing, eat the big pill. Uh, you swallow the big pill and it's just done. Um, but you still have the options to move forward, and you can sell it to Russ to the fact that this doesn't have to be the point of no return. I don't. I, I don't think it comes down to selling it to Russ. I think Russ is to the point where Russ wants to play until his forties. The reality of it is what we're all seeing, and what I wanted time to see. He's playing better. He looks more. He looks there. But the, what is much be- better? Yeah. But what's being exposed though with Russ? is his strong point of his game 
was when he was mobile and he was quicker and faster than 70% of the people on the field. He is no longer that. He can lose another 10 pounds, and he's not going to be that. And he had wide that, receivers that, 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 while he was scrambling, would work to get open. And yes, the work, and, and good point, Jonas, because I mean, Sean did bring that up the other day. It's not all just the quarterback. There's some receivers. Again, that's why I think Judy needs to get out. Sometimes his receivers are not fighting for him or getting open. Perfect. Excellent point. But the reality of it is, is that going back to your point, when you talk about salaries of quarterbacks, you're not paying that guy that kind of money. That's not adding the extra juice. He, it ain't the, he's not the fault. The salaries aren't it's my not point. The fault. I don't. I don't want that no. to be confused here. The salaries aren't not are not my point. The, 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 about the extra the extra juice and the motivation to play him. That's not my take. No, but your take is though, if you're paying a guy that kind of money, not just Russ or anybody. No, it isn't. They, I've pushed well, I, I've pushed back on this for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I want to make that clear here. And that's even why I'm sitting here advocating the fact that you could sit Russell Wilson and make sure and to, to have a chance to come back with him healthy. Not so much about the saving the money part. To be able to release him for 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 thir- and save thirty seven million dollars on his contract next year, sit him now. He's worth the money, and I mean, you can see we can see that in this offense it is better. The offense is better than under Hackett. Russ coming back in this kind of condition is better. I think we look at the defense and it's a problem. I think you look at the at the wide receivers and it's still question marks. It may, I don't I don't know that Tim Patrick is the solution. Yeah, that but, fixes all of this. No, no, no. But I don't know what. He, but it's he not might about be his contract as to why he has to play or doesn't have to play or why you can't just bring him back. It's not about the, that's not my take. Uh, uh, okay. Well, I mean, maybe that's not your take, but I know that. You, well, can you meet me no halfway? Which quarterback? Can you make it halfway when it's saying? that will based off what the Denver Broncos gave up for him because you were being critical last year saying hey, y'all gave up this y'all gave up that so I'm telling you because that whether you think that way or not the reality of it is I think that we've seen enough sample size of Russ from this year to last year to make Sean make the decision that there's nothing that's going to change Russ is not going to get younger come 2024 and I also believe that Sean cannot run his fully this is not the Sean Payton offense that Sean wants to run. That's why it really makes my butt itch when I hear Bart Scott and I hear Ryan Clark, which I've got a lot of respect for both those brothers. But when it comes to, oh, well, Sean's out there making Russ try to be Drew Brees. No, he's not. And I understand I live in a region down here in the 210 that uh, basically for the last decade, I get to see a lot more Saints games than people on the East Coast and up north than basically Bart Scott and Ryan Clark get to see. I've watched enough Saints game with Drew Brees, with Sean Payton, with Teddy Bridgewater, with Jameis Winston. What they're running right here in 2023 is not the Sean Payton offense. It's a offense because Sean is so talented and master in the mind of offense that he's doing the best he can with the signal call that he can that has never been and will never be that comfortable with being on time and playing from the pocket. When they, I believe the signing for Stidman this offseason was really about 2024 anyway. That was the safety net for 2024. Stidman can be that bridge because the thing is, like you said, no, there's no guarantee for Caleb Williams. There's no, but you know what it is? If you trade some of these pieces, this quarterback class is deep enough. Denver's going to be picking in the top five. If they've got to move up, they ain't got to give up that much to move up, depending on who in front of them, what they want to do. There's enough quarterback talent here. 
and Sean is a good enough coach, you can find your next guy to build around in this draft. There's no need to 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 jerk around with this in regard. Well, we're gonna bring Russ and twenty because this. No, they need a lot of work. It ain't just the Russ. And also keep in mind, we are talking about a, 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 a offense. With him at the helm, it's looked better. I agree with you than Hackett, but this is an offense that we've seen struggle for two weeks straight. I mean, it put up eight points, even though I got a lot of respect for Kansas City's defense. It put up eight points against Kansas City. It took a Cortland Sutton miracle catch to not get shut out for the first time by Sean Payton in his career. And then you have the situation the Jets. So it's still been a mix of a lot better. But what ceiling are we talking about? I mean, like, if you're judging it against Hackett, yeah. But is that good enough to stop a 16-game losing streak against the Chiefs? Doubt it. And that's what Sean is in this for. He took the job and he said it in his press conference. He didn't shy away from it. It motivates him to try to be the first coach to win a Super Bowl with two different teams. He also went on the record and let you know how much the Hall of Fame means to him. Do you think this man and the Pinter Group and what you're paying has time to sit there and jerk around with Russell Wilson? No. And I've said this in August, and I'll say this again. Sean Payton would still be in Fox in L.A. on the beaches if the Pinter Group and Connalisa Rice looked at him and said, hey, man, we like you as a coach, but let you know we've got this commitment. We don't have, but you're stuck with him at least to 2026. Sean wouldn't have took this job. He, you, he, that, no. that contradicts what you said before the season, though, because you said that the the, the, the the length of Peyton's contract, the length of Russ's contract, preached patience. The, no, it, preached, the, it showed the fact that he had time to go ahead and work this one out. He No. What I preach was the length of Sean's contract, he ain't going nowhere. He was There was a lot of people in the media that hyped this about he can fix Russ. He's the guy to fix Russ. Sean was hired to fix the Denver Broncos. And that's what we see right now that needs fixing. It's more than Russ, but Russ is the elephant in the room with the biggest chunk of money and the biggest cap that didn't work out. George Payton misjudged this roster for being a quarterback away, and ultimately that is probably what's going to cost him his job. But then you go get rid of the, the, good, the good quarterback that you brought in. I think that's, I think that's a, a backwards way of, uh, of evaluating that team. If, if that's, no, how, if that's reality, Peyton's approach. Man. I think it's reality, but we can continue it some other time. You listed uh, today. That's a wrap. Special thing. I thought we were going to break. That is a wrap for today. Special thanks to producers of the show, Jonas Clark, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, and my people down the 305 South Florida region. And my people down Laredo, when that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you, the snooze button for you out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. 
double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 